Happer and Shaper. He says I take no joy in life. I can see that. Coming at you live from Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Why? Why are you yelling at me? Whatever. Make me a bicycle clown. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer. You might want to look away for this. Mike Schaefer. My boy's wicked smart. This is Happer and Schaefer. Good morning, everyone. Welcome in. Happy Thursday. This is Happer and Schaefer here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer with you this morning. Riding solo. You know the deal. Keep me company. Hit me up. 402-464-5685. The Honda Licking Hotline and the Sarter Heyman Text Line. They are both open for you guys. A lot of stuff to get through today. Uh, we'll, of course, go back over from a couple different angles. Nebraska football's most recent hire. We'll touch back in on, on Nebraska basketball as they get ready to go uh, to Atlanta uh, today, I believe, potentially tomorrow. Um, they're doing some media today, so usually they leave that day. So to play Auburn on early Saturday morning. Um, so we'll we'll jump back in on them and, of course, have another big-picture discussion. Everything's under evaluation right now for Nebraska basketball. But like I said, 402-464-5685. Um, any thoughts, questions you might have? It's Thursday, so we'll have the text bag. We'll have Mike Sauter. Uh, we'll, we'll see what's going on with the early start to basketball, high school basketball in the state. Some of the people that we should be watching for this year. So Sauter will join, as he usually does. And then get your thoughts and texts in for the text bag after that uh so yesterday they obviously nebraska football obviously announced the hires of their offensive coordinator and their offensive line coach mark whipple from Pitt. their offensive coordinator donovan riola offensive line coach he was previously the assistant line coach of the chicago bears and, and we didn't really get into it too much yesterday with all the basketball stuff and we, we were kind of mixing through um, all of it for the majority of the show and and my my base and we'll we'll once again go from a couple different places here but uh, honestly I'm still like overall as you kind of remove yourself and, and now keep in mind there's still one more spot left um, on the coaching staff, we'll see what they do with it. Indications say that they're it's going to be a special teams coordinator uh, for Nebraska. So then they have to see kind of what they're how they're going to figure out the running back spot or who they're going to kind of allocate that that position to. Um, not that I, I mean it's it's certainly important as well. So it's not a small decision on kind of what they do next. So we'll see how that all lands. Um, as far as how they fill out the staff. But ob- obviously offensive coordinator was the big one for Nebraska. And then and then pairing that along with the offensive line coach, um, you got a wide receivers coach. Honestly, and Mickey Joseph, when you look at the, the guys that they brought in, and, and there's there's one that's obviously different from the others, I think, in the in the three coaches that they've brought in so far, and that would be Riola, and we'll get to him in a second. But I 
while still being a little bit dubious as to if it's going to ultimately bear fruit, ultimately if it's going to work for Nebraska next year, I like what they did. You know, like it's okay to say that. I know we're in a weird place with Nebraska football. Um, you want to be careful, obviously, about you know getting too over the skis here. And maybe, as was pointed out yesterday in a column in the World Herald by by Tom Chattel, um, you know, if and it's been pointed out multiple times over the last couple of days here. But if you make these hires last year, you make these hires two years ago. Um, it sits a little bit better. The issue here is that Nebraska is running into with these hires. Uh, it, it's 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 honestly it's tough to kind of um, sort through it mentally because I I really like it. I really like what they did. I think they checked a lot of boxes. Um, the the experience box of Mark Whipple coming along and and obviously they were looking for as Parker pointed out on our show on Tuesday, just kind of connecting the dots there. They were. It seemed like they were looking for some input on a successful pass game. Not necessarily that Mark Whipple is going to come here and they're going to run the quote unquote air raid or throw it thirty-seven times a game like they did last year with Kenny Pickett. It's all it's all quarterback dependent. It's all what you have, the you know personnel dependent and stuff like that. I don't necessarily feel that way um, for Nebraska football. But you check the experience box, and if there was a guy that Scott Frost would feel comfortable handing it over to, um, a guy who's worked in a whole bunch of different offenses, maybe get a little bit of maturity in the room in the in in the coaches' staff. Um, I think it kind of that hire kind of checked that box. Mickey Joseph kind of speaks for itself. I mean, it's a it's a really good recruiter uh, with hooks in on a lot of prospects, as you're seeing right now. Nebraska is super active in the state of Louisiana. Um, as we speak, Mickey Joseph has had a recruiting foothold there for for a very, very long time. And, you know, he's a – I don't know if it's a box necessarily to check. Former Husker doesn't hurt. He understands kind of the program, um, what it's all about, and, and had some success, you know, played under with some – on some successful teams. And then I think what they were looking at at the offensive line coach spot is, it from what it seems like, the thing that you're going to get with Donovan Rael is, is attitude. So it looks like they pinpointed – that as one of the main things on the offensive line. Now we could debate that. Hey, is it is it just attitude or is it you know a scheme thing? Is it how the offense works? All that stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's all of it. But um, they seem to identify that that attitude and was a was an issue for Nebraska's offensive line over the last couple of years. So I think they found a guy who yeah his last name is Riola and and is familiar with the program. But familiar with the Big Ten as well, um, but certainly brings a, a a certain attitude to the table. And, and if you know anything about <laughs> if you if you knew Dominic, um, you know his brother kind of as well. So I think they checked a lot of boxes as far as these hires are concerned. I am frankly encouraged and 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 maybe even a little bit surprised that they had. The interest uh, in the jobs that they did, and they ended up with the people that they ended up with, I think they did a really good job from that perspective. Here's the thing that gives me pause and is holding me back a little bit. It's time. 
And and this is something that I want to get into today, and I, and I want to evaluate um, a whole bunch here, and, and we'll spend a whole bunch of time on it kind of just right now. So I want to hear from you guys, like I said, at 402-464-5685. But, like, I, I like this, and but time is not on your side. From all indications that we've gotten, this is this is said pretty much directly. At least it's you know it's it showed directly in the contract and the way that they kind of laid that out next year for Scott Frost and Trev Alberts. You know, did this when he decided to retain him for next year. It just feels like a one year shot here. You get one opportunity to get it right, and it has to be good right away. Would I want to see? This offense with Mark Whipple's influence um, and, you know, maybe a second or third year quarterback already, you know, in the system, in this very system, and what that would look like in 2023 or 2024, or if you'd hired him a couple years ago, if this was the second year or third year. Yeah, I I really do. I really want to see that. So I want to ask. You know, and I and I've heard this sentiment a little bit. I think Bach kind of mentioned it the other day. Th- there's no way that this is any sort of mental reset, right? We have we have had there has been opportunities at the end of every season to kind of go back and be like, all right, actually this is year one. And I'm not I'm not trying to make the case that it is. Again, this is this is year five. They have to have some success right now. They frankly should have had much more over the last couple of years, and that's why they're in the position that they're in. New offensive coordinator, new staff, you're reshaping the way it is on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe you'll be able to recruit a little bit better at some key positions with the guys that, that you've brought in. Hopefully you have a, a better sense of uh, precisely what you want to be and who you want to be on the offensive side of the ball. And people might think, well, man, Let's give this two, you know, let's give this two years. I don't think that was part of the deal. I don't think that was part of the conversation with Scott Frost. And I I wonder what the kind of sell was to those coaches coming in. Um, Because I don't know if it could have been like, you know, you're going to get some leeway. Right. There's a there's still a way and there's still a world where Mark Whipple is the offensive coordinator in two thousand twenty three and beyond. Or um, you know, Mickey Joseph is still here, or Donovan Raiola is the offensive line coach and all the all this coaching staff is still in place. There's still a world where all that can happen. But it's all based around the idea that they have to have success this year. The only road to that is having success and whatever that means, mutually agreed upon metrics, right? Having success this year, this upcoming year in 2022. It can't be like, hey, come here. We're going to install your offense. We'll be okay next year. And in two years with a, you know, with a little bit of a season starting quarterback, we're going to be really good. That, that couldn't be the sell. And I don't, I don't necessarily want it to be, but I, I you look at these hires and, and and what they did, and I think it's, like I said, super encouraging. Um, I'm not at the point where I could just say, 
Yeah, actually, I like it so much that this is worth this is worth hitting the reset button on again. It'd be the third time, basically. You'd have a a shift either philosophically or offensively, whatever it might be, in the Scott Frost era. You just can't do it. You don't get three tries, as I've said before in this show. I've heard that sentiment floating around, and I'm not, frankly, all that surprised by it. Um, I'm just not there yet. Ultimately, it comes back to the head coach and how you think he's going to implement some of these deals, um, some of these things, and there's still doubt, I guess, for me on what it might look like, even though the hires on paper I think are pretty good. And frankly, like I said, a little bit surprising surprising given given the kind of circumstances that you're in. But I don't think... You could go back now and say, oh, well, we got all these, we changed our entire offensive staff. Give him time. We can't do the give him time thing again, unfortunately. You know, as of right now, we'll see how this thing evolves and and what it ends up looking like. Um, But if they would have given themselves just a little more wiggle room going into 2022, just a little more, and I don't know what that looks like. Maybe it's going 6 and 6 this year and getting to a bowl game. Because changes still had to happen no matter what. That's the that's the crazy part of this. So that's where the whole being close thing really comes into play. That's where it's true. If like you're the sentiment is you're close, close to what? Close to being a good team, close to being 8 and 4, close to being whatever that might be. I don't think there's any way Nebraska could have got there this year, but there was definitely a fathomable way where they could have won at least a couple more. And we wouldn't have to have we wouldn't have had to have the real conversation about firing Scott Frost this year. Either way, if they would have won 6 this year, if they would have won you know, 3 like it ended up being, you're going to have to have some major changes and specifically on the offensive side of the ball. But if if it felt a little bit better right now, I mean, listen. You heard what you heard what Trev said when they didn't make the change. Um, he went on the radio afterwards and kind of explained it. He's like, "Look, when it's close, then you you side with loyalty a little bit." And I think people went to the loyalty comment, but I went to, "Well, it was close." There was a real decision on their hands whether they wanted to let him go or not going into this year or going, you know, into the last couple weeks of the season here. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So I, I think that kind of tells you a little bit about where they were at. If Is that conversation prevalent enough if you go 6-6 six and six this past year? I don't know. So that's where the I mean their their lack of wins this year obviously hurt in terms of where you're going as a program but it also left them no leeway as far as the as far as the immediacy of it is concerned. You know what I mean? The urgency got kicked way up. To where, you know, we're looking at that a couple weeks later. It's like, man, they're they're changing all of this stuff, and it's not good anyway. And, and e- what kind of people are they going to be able to hire? And even if it does work, what, is it, what does it look like? Man, what, are we feel stuck here. And it does feel that way a little bit. But I like what they did. I think they give themselves um, – I think they're giving themselves a good chance to meet whatever metric is laid out for them going into 2022. But what does it mean in the long run? I don't know yet. It's it's really hard to tell. Like I said, I, there's a world where where we push forward and move into 2023. There there's a world with that where that exists, but the the margin for error is is slim to none at this point. And the immediacy, the urgency of it is gone. I mean, it's it's through the roof. It's just such a rare situation. I want to hear from you guys on that. 402-464-5685. The Hot of Lincoln Hotline and the Sarder Hammond text line. They're both open for you. We'll take some questions here. Um, Let's see. We're getting old and staying old. 47 juniors and sophomores. The, the problem is... And, and, Right, I, like so. I think what Husker fan in Manhattan saying is saying is, okay. Well, he said we're going to be great next year with the schedule. I mean, we'll see. It, they, you you would hope that that development comes to the forefront. However, with that being said, I mean Nebraska is pretty heavily involved in the transfer portal right now. They're looking for all kinds of people, but they're also looking in in some places for for starters. For players that are going to give you significant, significant playing time next year, right? So I, that doesn't exactly scream to you. Look at this roster. Like we look at the roster oftentimes, and I think the coaching staff likes to sell it this way. But but hear me out here. We oftentimes look at the roster as a whole. You know, eighty-five guys on scholarship or one hundred and twenty guys. Like look at. You know, and then the distribution of that freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, and it could give you a general idea of how old or young you're going to be going into every year. But that stuff doesn't matter. It's all about like effective, like effective players, right? What you really want to be looking at is the, you know, 30 to 35 guys or so that are going to be giving you actual playing time next year how old are those guys that'll tell you how old or young you are 
you know. The roster is what the what the roster is, but there's a lot of guys on on scholarship. There's a lot of guys who are freshmen and sophomores or sophomores and juniors who you know are dead weight for Nebraska at this point. So it's like you know we we have to look at it in an actual functional kind of way. And I don't know that we know what what kind of roster Nebraska is going to have next year. You're young in some spots. You're getting more experienced as you go along. Um, but like, it's, it's hard for me. It, 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 I think you'd be, you'd have a hard time convincing me that, you know, they're going, they're automatically going to be very good next year because the rot, because we've just progressed a year, you know, you want to see some of that development really pop out. We saw, we saw some younger guys, um, you know, make some noise a little bit at the end of the year. I just don't know that we could fall back on that and trust that. In it, in like a, I, I think usually you could look at it for most programs in a scientific way like that. Well, this was our kind of whatever year, and next year we have a whole bunch of juniors and seniors on the roster. Frankly, as we've talked about before, I think that was last year for Nebraska. I think that was 2021. I think that was the year that they were kind of building up for, and they and they were helped out on by the fact that they had the COVID year and there was a whole bunch of super seniors on the roster, guys that decided to come back and give it one more shot, and now you're kind of trying to pick up the pieces afterwards. We'll see what the transfer portal looks like. Burden Columbus says, look what Mel Tucker did in the portal. They were widely picked to uh, finish last dead last yeah they were um and and they did a really good job with that now uh, the key is i mean is nebraska going into the they, they got a lot of guys they got a lot of starters is there what are what is nebraska going at right now they're going at starters where are they coming from what kind of players are they i would love i look and there's still time here so i'm going to give them that but i don't see them We'll see if they can get a Kenneth Walker. You know what I mean? They don't even have a starting quarterback yet. And that'll obviously help. But what what's the quality of guy that they're going to be bringing in for next year? That's a piece of the equation as well. Um, let's see. Jared in Wisconsin says, my assumption is that the system isn't being overhauled. You couldn't get these coaches selling them on a one-year rebuild. The pitch is how close we were with your experience we can get over the top. No, I don't I don't think the system is being overhauled. Um I don't think the system is being overhauled in um but I also don't know yeah, I, I guess the pitch is how close you were. I mean maybe maybe the coaches um kind of bought into that a little bit, but like I said, I mean, what what got Nebraska to the point where we were "quote unquote" close last year? Even if you are buying that, okay, let's I'll just let's just go forward with it. If you're buying it, we were close last year. What was the roster made up of that got you to that point? It was the best roster Nebraska's had in a, in a few years here, and it led them to three and nine. 
But let's just say they were close. Let's just say in, in some other alternate universe they would have gone 6-6. Six and six. That was a really good roster that went 6-6. Six and six. With guys who will not be back. A prolific starting quarterback. Several all-conference selections on the defensive side of the ball. Um, You know. None of those guys are coming back. So it's not like, hey, you have all of these guys who were, you know, relatively prolific for their conference and they had some success last year and they're all coming back. No, that's not the case. That's not a, that's not what you're looking at. That's not the situation for Nebraska football. And it's hard to put together a competent team that you're kind of building from scratch, at least on the offensive side of the ball, in, in one year. It's hard. You have a little foundation. I think your wide receivers are pretty good. There's people in the offensive line room, but I think Nebraska is going for a little bit of a shift there, somewhat of an overhaul, based on what they're recruiting in the transfer portal. They're looking at starters, right? Guys who have come from other power fives or not. You know, so there's a little bit of a ball of clay to work with there. It's just not... I just don't know if it's the situation that some people are kind of leading it on to be. You, you, conventional wisdom would say like, hey, you know, we were okay. We were close in 2021. Okay, we were close, but that was also the year in which you were supposed to be all the way there. You know? That was your... You know, um, we all, we often talk about this thing in cycles, and it should be. It should work this way, frankly. Let's just take Iowa, for example. And it kind of centrally focuses around the quarterback, I think, for them at times. But they go through these kind of three-year cycles or two-year cycles in some cases. And they've gotten better at this because their roster has gotten better over the years. They got a five-star recruit yesterday from in-state, but they got a five-star recruit. Um, but they go in these cycles, right? And it's the first-year starting quarterback, and, man, you know, they they lost a whole bunch of close games, but they, they did well enough, or they went 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four or something like that. But next year, we got that guy back. He knows what he's doing. Everybody else has kind of grown up with them. There's a wave to it. And then that's when they potentially get all the breaks to go their way and, and all that stuff, and they go undefeated like they did in 2015. That's best-case scenario, right? 2021 was was supposed to be, for Nebraska, like that. So what happens in the year after that, usually? Well, you kind of are picking up the pieces. You're starting from scratch a little bit. And Nebraska's doing that even more so this year because they had some upheaval in their staff. So it's just difficult for it to kind of happen right away given the circumstances. Not that it... Look, I mean, we've made this argument many times on this show and elsewhere. It it should be happening faster than it is. 
the issue is that in this circumstance, it, it just feels like it's unlikely to happen as fast as you want it to. And not only as you want it to, as, as fast as it has to. They have to win this year. Can they do it enough? What is that number? That's why the mutually agreed upon metrics are so interesting. All right, like I said, 402-464-5685. A couple more questions here before we uh, take a break. Texter says, replicating Michigan State's success this year isn't something most teams can do year in and year out. Tucker basically got a second first year and made a splash. Yeah, yeah. His first year was in 2020. Got a little bit of a tryout, you know. Showed that he could coach. I, I think, you know, maximized to a certain extent what they were doing in 2020. Had a nice win. He, he I think... I mean, his win against Northwestern in 2020 was potentially better than any win that that Frost has had in four years. You want to talk about the importance of, of that for recruiting. It's just feeling good in your program. Hey, we could do this. We could do this. I think Nebraska cashed in on actually beating Michigan State in 2018 a little bit and, and turned that into a pretty good 2018 and then 19 recruiting class. And they still had that momentum. But that's that's really important in what they do. So they had 2020. It was almost like, yeah, it doesn't really matter what happens here. Um, but at the same time, we get to evaluate what we're doing, what we have on the roster, specifically what we need on the roster. And then, boom, it comes together. But, I mean, that team, that team this year – is probably, I don't know, Pythagorean a little bit closer to an eight-win team, which is still really good, obviously. But they did the classic thing that teams do um, when they punch a little above their weight, which is they played pretty good special teams. They had a couple standout players on each side of the ball and won a bunch of close games. Bo Pelini was a master. Lopolini was the goat at that. Pretty good coach, had pretty good teams, but oftentimes punched above his weight because they had good players, standout players, at least one on each side of the ball, and played good enough special teams. Boom. That's your recipe. That's your recipe, right? So, um... You know, that's the type of stuff that that wins this league, and we still haven't seen the special teams won. By the way, special teams higher and what they're going to do with that. Like I said, 402-464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, and the Sarter Heyman text line. Yeah, I mean, so, so that's kind of where I'm at right now, overall. I like the hires. I really like what they did. I think they checked a lot of boxes, um, and, I, and I think there's a a good chance that you could really get something out of this. And certainly by the end of the season, I think you'll see something, you know, pretty promising. But unfortunately, time's not on their side here. So it's can they maximize, can they squeeze every bit of juice out of this 2022 squad to get themselves another year? That's basically what you're fighting for right now. And if that's the case, long term, I, I, I'm good. 
like I, I like what they did. If they show that it could be a little bit better, and I think they have a chance to be in 2022 with how they've kind of restructured things, we'll still see. But it's ha- it's a tough ask. It's a tough ask in the first year. All right, 402-464-5685. Once again, you could join me on the Sarder Heyman video stream, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Connor Happer with you here. Uh, we'll take a break. Rico's in next for True or False. Follow Connor and Mike on Twitter at Connor Happer at Mike J. Schaefer. You're listening to Happer and Schaefer.